Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm so happy you joined us in our podcast today. We're actually starting a brand new series. It's called John, Behold Your God. As we think about life and many of the important questions in life, two of the most important things to get nailed down early in life in order to be successful are these two facts. Number one, God is, and number two, you are not God. And if you get those two things down early in life, you will do well in life. The Greeks had a lot of philosophers, and the Greek philosophers often talked about finding a logos, a word from the gods. You know, you think of the Greek mythological gods. They were looking for a reason why their gods created the cosmos, the universe. And knowing that reason, if they could discover that, they could find meaning in life. Well, the Gospel of John is a very philosophical book in some ways. It is in the New Testament. It's the fourth Gospel, and it presents many facets of the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ that are not gone into some at all and certainly not in great measure in the other three Gospels. You will hear some things Jesus says here in the Gospel of John that we did not hear when we studied the Gospel of Mark. John is like the the book of Genesis in the Old Testament. John is in some ways, the genesis of the New Testament. In Genesis 1.1, we remember it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Well, in John's gospel, we're going to see here that he starts off with that very claim in John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. That's John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. When he speaks there, just like it does in Genesis, about in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, we see that he he sounds just the same. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word for word here is Logos. And it refers to the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, 
and the Word was God. So John reminds us a lot of the book of Genesis, talking about that God is the Creator, Jesus is God, Jesus is the Creator of all that we see. But John is also like the Holy of Holies of the temple of the New Testament. And what I mean by that is some of the teachings and sayings of Christ and some of the deeds of Christ that bring us so close to Him we find in the Gospel of John. It's where we, we meet God in a very close and meaningful way. So what the Greek philosophers were looking for, John says, we found him. It is Jesus. In 1995, there was a song that was popular on TV, on MTV probably, videos, around 95. It was written by Eric Bazilian, and it was performed by Joan Osborne. The title of the song was One of Us. And you might be thinking right now, I don't remember that song. That doesn't sound familiar. Well, probably like me, you probably think of it by the entire title from the, from the chorus, What If God Was One of Us? And I encourage you, if you don't If you don't know the song I'm talking about, maybe put this podcast on pause right now and Google One of Us by Joan Osborne and listen to that song. It it makes you think an awful lot. What if God was one of us? Well, think about it like this. If, If you had a bird fly into your house and... It wasn't your parakeet or parrot. It didn't belong there, but it was a wild bird. It flies into your house, and you're trying to get it to understand that if it will follow you, you will will take it to the front door or the window so that it can get out and be free again. And possibly you've had that experience with a bird or some other animal or maybe even an insect or a lizard or something. And it finally dawned on you that they have no idea what I'm trying to say. They do not understand me. In fact, they view me as a strange foreign threat. If only I could become that bird or like a bird or like that lizard and and get it to understand me and follow me to safety and freedom. Of course, we can't do that. But God did that. God created us, and yet we were, through sin, alienated from God. We were away from God. And God became one of us that He might lead us to forgiveness and salvation, eternal life and freedom. Now, in John chapter 1, 1 through 5, that we just read, I want to point out something to you that's the same as Genesis. The existence of God is presented simply as a fact. It doesn't try to explain the existence of God. It doesn't try to justify the existence of God. It just states factually, God is. God exists. 
And not only that, but this God who exists, He acts. He creates. He sends the Word into the world. So John talks, just like Genesis does, about creation. And he makes a very bold claim that if Jesus is the Word of God, the communication from the heart of the Father to sinful man, He is also creator of all that we see out of nothing that existed. This Jesus Christ with whom we have to do is truly an awesome God. But this God that exists not only is involved in creation, He's involved in communication. God became like that bird or that animal. God became a man the God-man, that He might communicate with us, deliver us from sin, and give us eternal life. And it happened just like that when God became a man. Let's look at that in John chapter 1, starting in verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, you might have expected that If you've never read the Gospel of John, that it would go right to Jesus, but it doesn't. It talks first about someone that we often refer to as being John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. Now, the light would be Jesus that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Now here it's talking about Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus came to this world as the perfect God-man born as a baby in Bethlehem. And it says here, He was in the world and the world was made by Him. And the world knew Him not. I want to ask you a question. Are you missing God in plain sight? God has tried to reveal Himself to you as the one who loves you, cares for you, and came to save you in Christ, and yet you have ignored Him, discounted Him, turned your back on Him, not recognized Him. Is it possible that God became one of us and you've missed Him? And I would say to you, if you're not a Christian today, that would be the case with you. Because God did become one of us in Christ, and you need to recognize who He is and why He came. Verse 11 in John 1, He came unto His own, that is, the nation of Israel, and His own received Him not. Israel rejected Christ when He came the first time. But as many as received Him To them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. So 
Christ came so that if you recognize Him as the Word from the Father, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, who came and died on your cross and mine, He rose again the third day, proving that the price He paid for the debt of our sin was enough, that it's all over, we don't have to earn our way to heaven, He made a way for us to go through Him, that if you will receive Him as the risen Savior and Lord and God that He is, that even you and even I could become the sons of God by believing on His name. That is, who He is and what He's done. Now, God became a man, and we're going to see more as we go forward here in John about how this how this happened. So let's go to verse 13. Now it's talking about those who, who recognize who Jesus is and receive him as their God, their Savior, their Lord. In verse 13 of John 1, it says, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. That is, when we believe on Christ, it's not something that happens humanly. Now, it happens to humans, but it's the work of God by His Spirit to bring us to faith in Christ. Verse 14, And the Word was made flesh. You remember Jesus was born as a baby in Bethlehem. You remember that? And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He lived with us. Wow! And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of Him and cried, saying, This was He of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. John the Baptist says an interesting thing here. Now, in the Gospels, we know for a fact that John the Baptist was born many months before the Lord Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem. So John was born first. But he says here, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me for he was before me. Now, how could that be? Well, John, the writer of the Gospel of John, which is not the same, by the way, as John the Baptist. I'd like to make that clear. But John the Apostle told us in verse 1-1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That is, Jesus Christ, born as a baby in Bethlehem, is eternally pre-existent because he's God. That's what John the Baptist, whom John the Apostle is quoting here, that's what he's talking about. And he says this not once, not twice, but three times in the first chapter of the Gospel of John. We're going to see this as we move forward. Verse 16 and of his fullness have we all we received, and grace for grace. 
For the law, now the law condemns us as guilty, right? For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. In other words, when Christ came, because He paid our debt of sin, which we'd incurred because the law convicted us, we could not do right, we could not do enough right to earn our way to heaven. We were doomed. But because Jesus came, now we have grace from God and truth which came by Jesus Christ. Verse 18. Now this is a very important verse here. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. You remember the Greek philosophers wanted a a communication, a word, a logos from the gods about what is all of this about? Who are we? Who are you? Where are we going? What is life? What is the meaning of it? Well, the Greeks were searching for that. All of mankind has been searching for that. Those are the most important questions mankind can ask. And yet no man has ever seen God But he says here, the only begotten Son, that is the only one of his kind, Jesus is completely unique because he's God. And he had intimate fellowship with the Father because he's part of the Trinity. The last part of that verse is what I want you to see. He hath declared him. In other words, we can't see God But when Jesus came and dwelt among us as the perfect God-man, Jesus, and this is the idea of the Greek word behind the English word declared, Jesus exegeted God the Father for us. What is God like? Jesus said, let me show you exactly what he's like. When we speak of exegeting scripture, we're talking about, like I'm trying to do now, drawing out and and showing what Scripture says. Jesus drew out and He showed us what God is like. What if God was one of us? Well, He he was, and, and He declared who God is and who He is like, what He is like. Verse 19, and this is the record of John. And he's talking about John the Baptist here now. And this is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? In other words, uh, from the religious headquarters, the priests and Levites are sent down to to find out, Who is this John the Baptist guy? What's he all about? And who is he talking about? Someone is coming. Verse 20. And he confessed. I love this verse, by the way. And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. I love that. (laughs) I think because they were waiting for him to say that he, he would say that he was the Christ. Well, he wasn't, and he knew he wasn't. He didn't want to be. Only Jesus is the Christ. Amen? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they ask him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. 
Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then they said unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? And it reminds me here of that southern saying we have. We have so many wonderful sayings in the American South. What part of no don't you understand? What part of no don't you get? I'm not the Christ. But they had to get some kind of answer, so they, they really pressed him for an answer. What did he say about himself? Who is he? So we see here that they are asking for identification, and he does not identify himself as the Christ. But he does identify himself as the voice. Verse 23, he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And these were the Bible-believing conservatives of this time. So they, they're trying to get him to say that he's the Christ, but he's not. And he explains, I'm not the Christ. I am the one that the prophet Isaiah prophesied would come before the Christ. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. Now let's go to verse 25. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then? if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither the prophet. <laughs> so like, what are you doing then? If you're not anything that we thought you were or who we thought you were, but you're only the voice of one crying in the wilderness, why are you doing all this baptizing? We don't understand. Verse 26, John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. Now remember that Jesus Christ has already been born as a baby in Bethlehem uh, approximately 30 years before this. He already exists, but they didn't recognize him as God. But they're starting, they're going to get a chance to shortly. <laughs> because John is the one as the voice who's going to be given the sign. So let's read a little further. Verse 27. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me. Do you remember I spoke a minute ago about three times in this one chapter, John the Baptist would give testimony of the pre-existence of Christ, even though John was born before Jesus, here's the second time. He's preferred before me, whose shoes latch it, I'm not worthy to unloose. So for the second time in this chapter, if, if you think of this mentally, like you've got this passage printed out in, in the Bible in front of you, um, and you just, with your finger, you draw a line from this verse back to John 1.1. 1, 1. 
Jesus is the Word. Jesus is God. He is preferred before me. Whose shoes latch it, I'm not worthy to unloose. He says, I can't even undo his, his sandals. That's how great he is and how low and nothing I am compared to him. Verse 28, these things were done in Beth Abara beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. There's the third time. So we've seen that in 115, 127, and now in verse 30 of chapter 1. Three times John the Baptist essentially states that Jesus is pre-existent God. Well, I don't understand that, Ed. Explain that. I'm not going to. It just is. Just like Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And just like John 1.1 says. But John begins to identify Jesus of Nazareth as the Lamb of God. That is the one and only perfect sinless Lamb of God. The only one who could take away the sin of the world. John puts the spotlight now on Jesus. And I knew him not. We're in verse 31. And I knew him not. Now he doesn't mean that he didn't know who Jesus of Nazareth was. They were uh, cousins in essence. So he knew who he was, but he did not know for sure that he was the Christ. You follow that? And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest or shown, be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. So he's the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And he, we're going to see right now that he's been shown the sign that will identify who is this Lamb of God. Who is this Son of God? Who is this Word of God? Who is this God-man that will take away the sin of the world and save those who believe in Him? Right here, here's the sign. Well, what's the sign, Ed? Well, it's very simple. John 1, verse 32. And John bear record, saying, I saw the Spirit, now that is the Holy Spirit of God, third person of the triune God. Explain the Trinity, Ed. I can't. It just is. And John bear record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon Him. Now John didn't see this happen with any other human being only with Jesus of Nazareth. Verse 33, And I knew him not, but he that sent me, talking about God, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, 
upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. There's the sign. Whoever you see the Holy Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is the Lamb of God, the Son of God, the Word of God, the God-man that will take away the sin of the world. All who believe on Him. Verse 34, And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Wow, it happened just like that. Verse 35, Again, the next day after, John stood and two of his disciples. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. Now, John the baptizer here exclusively identifies Jesus of Nazareth as the Messiah, the Christ. And when you finally see who Jesus is, it demands a response from you, my friend. You cannot be indifferent to Jesus once you realize who He is. You must either receive Him or reject Him. There is no middle ground. Jesus is not a great teacher though he was a great teacher. He is not a miracle worker, though he worked great miracles. He is not a great life example to follow, though an exemplary example he gave us. Jesus is God, the perfect God-man, the Word of God, the Logos, the communication from God the Father to fallen man, Jesus is the Son of God, the Lamb of God. That demands a response from you. Many of you have trusted Christ as your Savior and Lord, but some of you listening today have not done so. And yet you know who Jesus is, but you've not bowed the knee to King Jesus. You've not received him as he is and accepted what he has done for you that you might be saved. And that's why the Apostle John wrote the Gospel of John so that you could see who he is and believe on him and have the power to become one of the sons of God. In fact, the last few verses of the Gospel of John, the Apostle says, I, I wrote this Gospel so that you would believe in Jesus Christ. Some of you are on the verge of accepting Christ right now, and I want to give you a little heavenly push over the edge that you would step over the line from darkness to light, from being lost to being saved. Two of John's disciples did this very thing. They followed the light they had to that point, but when John said, I can't do anything more for, for you, you need to go after Jesus. Watch what happened here. Verse 37, 
And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. That's what you need to do. You need to follow their example. So now Jesus has been clearly, unquestionably identified as the Word of God, God Himself, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, the Savior of the world. And now in the first 48, after He is so identified by John the baptizer, because the sign was given that is the Spirit of God came upon him at his baptism. So now, in the Gospel of John, the, the spotlight turns pretty much solely on the Lord Jesus Christ. And people began to come to him. Some were rejecting. Many were receiving. Verse 38. What I love about the first 48 here in the public ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ is the fact that Jesus did not come and issue a series of lectures on YouTube. He didn't make the circuit of the late night shows. The mainstream media virtually ignored the Lord Jesus Christ. And they would today. God who became a man, the God who was one of us, began by walking down dusty roads, by being on the beach where fishermen were working, by walking down the streets of small villages in mid-sized towns. Jesus Christ came to a very humble birth. He had a very humble life growing up. And yet, He's the God-man. When Christ comes, as we see here in John chapter 1, as he, and He's identified clearly as the Messiah, the Christ. So if you're Jewish, let's say, and you've not yet trusted Him because you're looking for the Messiah, you are looking right at the Messiah. According to the book of Isaiah, read the gospel about Christ in the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, and you will come to faith in Jesus Christ. But Christ came and He lived and dwelt and He worked. He was a carpenter for the you know, his life before he was identified for his public ministry. He was among common, hardworking, honest men, not the elites, not the super religious, not the super wealthy. In other words, he was among people just like you and just like me. This, this word from the Father, this logos that the Greek philosophers could only dream of, came to dwell with average, ordinary people. Now, I grew up in a place outside Fort Benning, Georgia, called Columbus, Georgia. Most of you have never heard of Columbus, Georgia. I'm confident of that. But within Columbus, Georgia, is what used to be very common across the South, 
was what is called a, a mill town, a mill city, where a, a company like Bibb Manufacturing, B-I-B-B, a, a cotton mill in that area set up a, this is back like in the early 1900s or maybe even the late 1800s, I don't know how old it is, but there's a section of Columbus, Georgia called Bibb City. And in Bibb City, it's, it's its own city within Columbus, Georgia. It has its own mayor, own police force, and everything, as far as I know. It used to, anyway. And it's sort of like this. It's sort of like, can anything good come out of Bibb City? And it's kind of said in a joking manner. Now, if one in a million chance somebody's listening and you grew up in Bibb City, I love you, brother. I love you, sister. And I'm not putting you down, but you know what I'm talking about. It's the truth. (laughs) So Christ, in essence, was born in a place like Bibb City. He grew up in Bibb City. He was, for all purposes, the way the world looks at things, a nobody from nowhere. And he came to common, hardworking, honest, ordinary people like you and me because God did not give his word, his logos, to the Greek philosophers because they would have rejected it. He gave that word to you and me that we might come to faith in Jesus Christ. So in this first 48, we begin to see that. And you know, you don't even have to be from Bibb City. If you're from the South in America, you know what I mean. And if you're from the, the West Coast or East Coast or the North, you know you look at people from the South just like this. You think every time somebody from the South shows up, that you're going to hear harmonicas, banjos, and fiddles playing, and that we all uh, chew tobacco and spit, and that we all wear overalls all the time and all have hound dogs on the front porch. Because that's how people who aren't blessed to be from the South, like me, that's how all of y'all look at people from the South. Like, can anything good come out of the South? Well, I'll tell you some really great things can come out of the South, amen? (laughs) But you know what I'm talking about, whether you're from the South or the North or the East or West Coast. You know what I'm talking about if you live in America. So don't, don't get like you don't know what I'm talking about. But Jesus came like to the South. Do you follow what I'm saying here? The same idea is where he came to in Israel. So let's look at this verse 48. And let's go back to uh, verse 36 in John 1. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. Now, notice that John the Apostle gives a time signature here 
the 10th hour of the day. I believe, now we know that one of those unnamed disciples is Andrew. We'll see that in a minute. But I believe the other one was John. John who wrote this gospel of John. And he remembers the day and the hour that he first met Jesus Christ. Because this Jesus Christ was to have a profound impact on John, the apostle. One of the two which heard John speak, that is John the baptizer, and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. So there Andrew is named, and I believe the other one is John the apostle. Verse 40, or 41 rather. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiahs, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. You know, when you first meet Christ and first know who he is, you want others to know as well. That's why I'm doing this podcast. I want you to know Jesus. Verse 42, talking about his brother Simon that we know better as Peter. He would become Peter. Verse 42, and he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. So we see here that when the God-man, the Word, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, the Savior of the world came, not only did people begin to follow Him because, they, because He was identified as being who He was, the Christ, but He actually seeks people. He findeth Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael, and saith unto him, We have found him, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Here's where the Bib city in the south thing kicks in. <laughs> Verse 46, And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Now, you know, that is a great way to witness to people. Many times when we share Christ with others, they put up a fight. Don't fight with them. Just say, I don't know. Find out for yourself. Come and see. I mean, how can you argue with that, right? Put him to the test. See if I'm telling the truth. Nathaniel said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, Come and see. So he, Philip was already acting like the Lord Jesus Christ because that's what he had said earlier, right? Verse 47. Jesus saw Nathanael coming unto him, or coming to him, and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. That is no trickery. If you wanted to know the truth, just ask Nathanael. He'd tell you the truth even if it hurts your feelings, Right? <laughs> verse 48 Nathanael saith unto him whence knowest thou me Jesus answered and said unto him 
before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. I mean, this blew him away. How, how could he have known who he was and, and what his character was? And it nailed Nathanael to the wall. He realizes this is no ordinary person I'm dealing with here. Verse 50, Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. We've seen here that God the Father created all that we see out of nothing that we see. And He not only created, but He communicated with His creation. He sent His Word, His Logos, Jesus Christ, the perfect God-man, the Son of God, the Word of God, the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior of all who trust Him to save us. If you are missing God in plain sight, I'm begging you to come to Christ in faith and be saved today. How would I do that, Ed? You would confess to God that you are not only a sinner, that is, you're born into sin by your very human nature since Adam and Eve rebelled against God, but you are also have committed sins. That is, not only were you born a sinner, you're pretty good at sinning just like me. And yet Jesus Christ came to save sinners. He died on the cross and paid the penalty that you owe and I owe on the cross. He was dead, literally, buried, literally, and rose again, literally, physically, victorious over sin, death, hell, and the grave, and offers you not only forgiveness of sin, fellowship with Him, but eternal life with Him. Would you trust Christ today? Would you cry out to Him to save you today? I pray that you will, my friends. I can't do it for you. But if God is working on you by His Spirit, He will lead you in how to turn your life over to Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us in our podcast today. It has been my privilege and my honor to share from the Gospel of John, Behold Your God. I hope you will let others know about our podcast. They can find it at www.dredhill.podbean.com Remember that doctor part, the DR, has no period after it. It's just dredhill.podbean.com Tell others about it so that they can hear about Christ and grow in their knowledge of Him and their walk with Him. We'll look forward to 
you being with us on our next podcast as we go to John chapter 2 in our new series, Behold Your God.